Welcome in to News and Views with Tom Lamprecht. The stories you've heard and the ones you need to hear. On our land, we are fighting Russia. This guy is brutal, and everyone's seen it. President Putin's directive to destroy this country. Actual have a wartime trial. Strongly and proudly support Judge Jackson's nomination. I can't support her nomination. War paid at the pumps. Rampant inflation. Your life, your values, your voice. This is News and Views with Tom Lamprecht on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. All right, welcome in. We'll get to all of that, I promise. And uh, Joe's numbers keep going in the wrong direction. Can can they get any lower? (laughs) You know, when they start getting into the minus territory, nobody likes Joe. No, actually, some do. They're the ones on the dole. Uh, North Carolina's big win over Duke. A great basketball game. I mean, if you don't even like college basketball, you had to have liked that game. I th- How many lead changes were there? There was close to 20. Maybe there was over 20. I, did, I lost count. But uh, great game. North Carolina faces Kansas tonight in a uh, national championship. The North Carolina-Duke game. 16.3 million viewers. That is the most on cable TV. Actually, I think it's just the most ever cable TV or, or uh, broadcast TV since 2017. It was the second most watched college basketball game ever in cable TV. You know what's interesting is if Hubert Davis wins tonight, by the way, there's a... Uh, Video going around on social media of Hubert Davis sharing his Christian faith. Great video. Tremendous video of, uh, I didn't know that about Hubert. Apparently had a strong Christian mom who shared the gospel with him and prayed for him and pounded him on the head. But she passed away uh, when he was a very young man, and uh, he was somewhat embittered over that, but... uh, her prayers were answered, and uh, he became a Christian as a an older, younger man, and uh, just a tremendous testimony for Christ. He uh, would be, if he wins tonight, technically he would be the second first-year coach to have won a national championship. However, what's interesting about it, it was back in 1989, Michigan coach, uh, coach Bill Frieder took the Wolverines to 24-7. and seven. They earned a number three spot in the Southeast Regional. And then Frieder took a job at Arizona State. And the athletic director, um, Bo Schimbacher, immediately promoted the assistant coach, Steve Fisher, to become the interim head coach to take them through the playoffs. And they ended up winning. So technically, he was a first-year coach. He was about a first month coach (laughs) but uh so there's a little asterisk next to that clearly if hubert davis wins tonight he would be the first full year first year coach to have ever won a national championship uh it's going to be interesting to see what happens he is uh regardless of what happens tonight hubert davis would be uh only one of four coaches to take their team to the national championship and it's been a while since that has happened but um It'll be, uh, I think there'll be a, a lot of eyes on the TV tonight. However, I, I can't imagine 
win or lose, I can't imagine it's going to be as <laughs> a tight a game as the uh, Duke-Carolina game was on uh, Saturday night. And I'm sorry for you Dukies. It's uh, too bad that uh, it couldn't happen in the championship game. Not uh, not Duke losing, but uh, it's too bad that both teams couldn't have gotten to the national championship. And, you know, I, I've never been a Duke fan per se. I've had a lot of respect for Duke, a lot of respect for Mike Krzyzewski. Um, part of me, you know, it would have been – now, if you're a Carolina fan, you're going to say, Lambrecht, what are you talking about? It would have been nice to see him go out on top. I mean, he's had a great career. For the for diehard Carolina fans, I went to Maryland, so, you know, I'm – I'm I'm an outside observer, but uh, for the diehard Carolina fans, well, you saw them celebrating up on Franklin Street in Chapel Hill. Yeah, they were pretty excited. The here's something really surprising. Although you couldn't pay me to go, tickets to the national championship game in New Orleans are selling for as little as twenty bucks. Now it's in the Superdome, which holds eighty thousand people. Why, I'm sorry, why would you go? I, I, I Honestly, if you gave me the tickets, I wouldn't go. Now, if you, if you gave me the front row tickets, I might think about it. But, my gosh, you're going to be – can you imagine watching a basketball game in a football stadium? <laughs> it's just – I don't think so. And I think that's what you – know, now, I'm, I'm sure there are a lot, of, a lot of fans in the Final Four. Their teams didn't make it. Villanova and Duke, and they're 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 on their way home trying to sell their tickets, but uh, we'll see. I, I I you couldn't pay me to go. Well, you could if you pay me a lot. The Senate Judiciary Committee today is deadlocked eleven eleven on Supreme Court nominee Katanji Brown Jackson. That means it will go to the Senate, the full Senate, to vote on. Uh, whether or not she, I, I, so the, the, the panel votes to take it to the Senate floor. It ended in a tie. So that means Jackson won't get a favorable recommendation for her nomination to go to the floor, but Senate minority leader Chuck Schumer can call for a floor, a floor, a floor vote. And he'll likely do that later today. Possibly they'll vote on it today. More likely they'll vote on it tomorrow. Now, Susan Collins has indicated early on that she would vote for her confirmation when it got to the Senate floor. Lisa Murkowski and Mitt Romney haven't announced yet what they will do. So unless things change and unless by some strange happenstance, a couple of uh, Democrats decide to vote against her, it's a done deal. She will, uh, she will be passed. But get ready for it. Even though the Democrats are constantly framing Clarence Thomas, and these are their words, not mine, as an Uncle Tom, as a lackey for white Republicans, as a turncoat. I mean, you name it, they've called him that. Even though they say all that, and the mainstream media never raises an eyebrow. You wait for it. All the talking heads, they will now, for those, uh, this it went down the line, party line. 11 Republicans said 
recommend her. I mean, don't recommend her, and 11 Democrats said recommend her. The mainstream media will now frame all Republicans as racists that were on that uh, panel. And then once the Republicans vote against her on the main Senate floor, it won't be about where she stands on the issues. It won't be the fact that she said, I have no judicial philosophy. It won't be the fact that time after time her court rulings have been turned over by full courts. That won't have anything to do with it. It will be, oh, they're racist. That's it. Clear and simple. Boy, some uh, rough news coming out of Ukraine. A convoy of seven buses with International Red Cross uh, intended to evacuate people from Maripol was reportedly stopped earlier today on its way to its destination is being held by police. Now, they're not, it's not, it's held by Russian police near Manhush. Now, it's, they're not being held for hostage. They're just being held. A team from the International Committee of Red Cross is being held in Manhush, 20 kilometers west of Maripol. ICRC spokesperson Jason Strazuzo said, according to Reuters, he said police were holding the convoy but clarified it was not a hostage situation. White House National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan told reporters earlier today that the United States is planning to announce further sanctions against Russia in the wake of actions Biden has characterized as a war crime. Quote, you can expect further sanctions announcements this week, and we're coordinating with our allies and partners on what the exact parameters will be. But yes, this week we'll have additional economic pressure elements to announce, Sullivan says. Now, Zelensky earlier over the weekend was saying that what is the holdup for these arms that we've been promised that haven't shown up yet. And apparently uh, he was actually on the Country Music Awards saying this last night. He also said it to Brett Baer Friday night on Special Report on Fox. Quote, we've seen the atrocities. We've seen the war crimes, he said, but added they have not seen a level of systemic deprivation of life that could be defined as genocide. Well, it's pretty close to it. I mean, what what is what is the technical definition for genocide? I mean, it's got to be thousands of people in mass graves. So far, we've just had hundreds. White House National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan said today during a press conference that Russia is guilty of war crimes and that the photos emerging from Bucha seem to further evidence that. We've already concluded that Russia committed war crimes in Ukraine and the information from Bucha appears to show further evidence of war crimes, Sullivan said. He also claimed the U.S. presently believes Russia is revising its war aims. Quote, Russia is repositioning its forces to concentrate its offensive operations in eastern parts of southern Ukraine rather than target most of the country, he said. Earlier today, Biden condemned Russian President Vladimir Putin as a war criminal, Ukrainian officials say the bodies of 410 civilians found in Kiev area towns and cities that were recently retaken from Russian forces. In Bucha, more than 100 civilians were found buried in mass graves. The bodies of the mayor of a Ukrainian village outside of Kiev and her husband and adult son were reportedly found in a shallow grave after the three were abducted, uh, uh, abducted by Russian occupying forces. The mayor of the village of Montezin was killed in captivity by Russians. Ukrainian Deputy Prime Minister Vershuk confirmed. Vershuk said there were 11 mayors and community heads in Russia captivity 
across Ukraine, world leaders are reacting with outrage Monday as evidence is emerging, uh, emerging rather, of what appears to be deliberate killings of Ukrainian civilians by Russian military in cities like Bucha. Ukrainian uh, President Zelensky visited Bucha Monday describing the grisly acts as war crimes that will be recognized by the world as genocide. Russia, meanwhile, is continuing its claim its military had nothing to do with the deaths. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, a lot of these people, they were found with their wrists bound and bullets in their head. Russia had nothing to do with it. Wow. Daily Caller has got a story out about our own Representative Greg Murphy. I love this. Republicans trying to force quote, defund the police supporting colleagues to pay for their own private security. Republican North Carolina Representative Greg Murphy introduced a resolution today saying any member of Congress who makes a public statement advocating for defunding the police should not be allowed to use federal funds to contract private security, as many Democrats have done. <laughs> I love this. And, and why is it taking this long? The Daily Caller first obtained the resolution, which had seven co-sponsors, and also condemns any calls made by a member to defund the police. The Daily Caller first reported in April of 2021 that members of the far-left group in Congress, who called themselves the Squad, spent thousands of campaign dollars and they used taxpayer funds on private security for themselves while advocating to defund the police. I mean, why? I mean, if we don't need the police, then why do you need security? If we don't need guns, then why do you hire people with guns? Quote, time after time, the American people have been baffled by progressive, hypocritical, and anti-cop law lawmakers who publicly decry defund the police while simultaneously using taxpayer dollars to pay for their own security details, Murphy told the Daily Caller before introducing the resolution. Quote, it's a classic and timeless example of the Democrats' rules for thee, but not for me. The squad, the squad could care less about public safety, and they didn't mind when blue cities burned in the summer of 2020, so long as they got to enjoy personal, private, taxpayer-funded security. Quote, my resolution condemns any calls made by a member of Congress to defund the police. Now you watch. They're going to say, oh, you're squelching free speech. And asserts that those lawmakers should not be permitted to use federal funds to pay for their security. Oh, you're trying to force what we can say and not say. No, you can say whatever you want, but you're not going to use taxpayer funds for your own security while you ask the rest of us to roll the dice. Hope for the best. Yeah. And uh, why do you think gun sales are hitting, or they have been, historic highs, continue to be? Our law enforcement officers sacrifice so much for our nation, Murphy went on to say. We must always back the blue and fiercely stand in opposition to those who hypocritically threaten peace and our rule of law, Murphy added. The resolution co-sponsors include South Carolina Representative Ralph North um, Norman, uh, North Carolina Representative Dan Bishop, Colorado uh, Representative Ken Buck, Arizona Representative Andy Biggs, Texas Representative Andy Weber, Colorado, uh, Colorado Representative 
Lauren Boebert. I like her. She's sharp. Kentucky Representative Andy Barr. Uh, Now, it will really, really, really be interesting. This piece of legislation is not only good for its end result, but it also will be very good because Democrats will need to go on record. They'll need to go on record. Now, will Nancy Pelosi even allow it to come to a floor vote? I mean, right now they know uh, they're getting blistered in the polling. The, the, the new polling is even worse for Joe. And they know that one of the reasons the polling is so bad for Joe is because he, uh, people, people remember Joe. Um, you were not a strong advocate against those politicians who were for defunding the police. They remember these kind of things, Joe. But Nancy probably will not allow it to come to a floor vote because she does not want those people to go on record voting against this piece of legislation. Now, perhaps perhaps she will. Perhaps she'll slip up and accidentally let it go through. We'll keep our eyes on it. I doubt it. Uh, by the way, I think we're going to have... Uh, Representative Murphy on Friday's program. We're still working that out. Um, but speaking of poll numbers, Joe's poll numbers are uh, causing Democrats to panic, as they should. This is out of the Hill. Again, the Hill is not a right-wing publication by any means. Um, middle, it's not even middle of the road. Leans left. According to the Hill, it's uh, bad and anonymous. And an anonymous. Democratic strategist said, according to The Hill, quote, you have an energy crisis that paralyzes and inflation is at a 40-year high and we're heading into a recession. The problem is simple. The American people have lost confidence in Cousin Eddie. My words, not his. Everyone needs to come to terms with the reality that we're going to get slaughtered in November. This is a Democrat strategist. That's a fact. His polling has gotten worse, not better. It's indicative of the fact that people have lost confidence in his leadership. There's nothing they're going to be able to do. Chair of the Brookings Institute of Governance Study Program and former domestic policy advisor to Bill Clinton, Bill Gladstone, said, quote, unless and until inflation comes down appreciably, that there's going to be a ceiling on his job approval, and that's a lot lower than the White House wants it to be. Gallup senior editor Jeff Jones said high gas prices are one of the biggest anchors on presidential approval. A recently released NBC poll revealed Biden's approval rating hit new lows amid the war in Ukraine and surging inflation. Now, the war in Ukraine, traditionally, when you have a situation like that, the president's numbers at least plateau. Usually they bump up. Not for Joe. Among those polls, 40% approved of Biden's handling of the presidency, just 16% strongly approved. The poll highlights growing a concerning and uh, a concerning worry about inflation and America's role in the world stage. 53% of respondents indicated that the U.S. is experiencing the beginning of a long-term decline. Isn't it interesting? Now, granted, we had COVID at the end of Trump's presidency, and that COVID uh, wasn't a help. 
But is is it not interesting how Joe uh, has managed just to have the ship go completely under in just over a year? 38% of respondents blame Biden for surging inflation. Republican pollster Bill McInturf of Public Opinion Strategy told NBC News that the Biden and the Democrats are headed for a catastrophic election. You cannot get down in the low 40s. He's at 40. (laughs) One more, he's at 39 out of the 40s. You cannot get down to the low 40s in presidential approval unless you've strained your own base, he said. So, I mean, knowing Joe, he would say, well, uh, they reported if we're in the low 40s, uh, we're going to be in trouble, so maybe we ought to get it down into the high 30s. Maybe that would help us. And we got to take a timeout. Lots more to talk about. Love to hear from you. 561-8255. Again, if uh, you want to have some little input on the news of the day, give us a call. We'll be right back. Shotgun with your 5 o'clock drive. Well, the drive home should be a delight. This is Tom Lamprecht with more news and views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Welcome back in. 24 minutes past the top of the hour. Quick look at your weather forecast. A few plassing, plassing clouds. <laughs> Passing clouds tonight. Otherwise, uh, generally clear. Low around 53. Tomorrow's going to be nice, a high around 78, and sunshine early in the day. Rain comes in tomorrow night, showers late, potentially some heavy rain. We could see a half inch of rain tomorrow night. Uh, Wednesday, the sun comes back out, a high near 82. I like that warm weather. It's been a slow kickstart to spring. It just hadn't, and boy, looking ahead to the weekends, back in the 60s again. Uh, Wednesday, uh, again, nice Few sun, few clouds. Uh, Wednesday night, again, a chance of a thunderstorm. All in all, not too bad. What do William Henry Harrison, Zachary Taylor, Abraham Lincoln, James Garfield, William McKinley, Warren Harding, Franklin Roosevelt, John Kennedy all have in common? That you don't win anything. (laughs) But if you're saying out loud they all died as presidents, they all died in office, you would— you would win something, but we're not giving anything away today. Um, it was 181 years ago today that William Henry Harrison died of pneumonia just one month after his inauguration. I think he gave his uh, acceptance speech in the rain on a cold day in March, which used to be, and it used to be inauguration day was not in January, but in March. And uh, he died a month later in office. And, uh, boy, This will take you back if you're as old as I am. 54 years ago, 1968, Dr. Martin Luther King was shot and killed on the balcony of a Memphis motel. Now, there was chaos. Uh, Riots broke out in over 100 American cities. It is April the 4th, 2022. Politicians' favorite day. Tell a lie day, April 4th, 2022. You know the, you know the thing. <laughs> there you go, Joe. Yeah, we know the thing. Come on, man. ABC News is reporting the United States Secret Service has been paying more than, this is your taxpayer work at uh, 
taxpayers' money at work uh, for the wrong cause. United States Secret Service has been paying more than $30,000 per month for a Malibu mansion near Hunter Biden's rented California home. This from ABC News. The property rented at market value by the United States uh, Secret Service on a almost a one-acre lot along the uh, coast with a gorgeous ocean view, described as a perfect retreat for a discerning clientele. A taxpayer-funded secret, uh, I want to say secret, ser- yeah, uh, it is secret service. Uh, Outpost also reportedly features six bedrooms, six bathrooms, a gym, a tasting room, what is a tasting room? I mean, <laughs> I'm I'm not that I'm not that high polloi. A built-in barbecue, a pool, a spa, a spiral staircase that leads up to a castle-like tower to the master retreat with a wet bar. Why, why did the Secret Service have all the things they could rent? Why this one? I guess it was right next door to Biden's home. They're paying more than Biden is paying for his rental home. But when you get millions of dollars from uh, Ukraine and China and who, who knows where else when you have uh, oligarchs from around the world paying a half million dollars for your high school at best watercolors, uh, I guess that means you go out and rent the, the, high, the high price houses out in uh, Malibu. On Sunday, Joe, Cousin Eddie, his White House Chief of Staff, Ron Klain, told George Steffi Stephanopoulos that Biden doesn't believe his son Hunter broke any laws, despite his past dealings that are currently under investigation by the Department of Justice, which a CNN analyst said earlier this week could result in his being indicted. You know, it's interesting. There's a, another story out of Fox News talking about, again, Uh, publications like the New York Times, the Washington Post, CNN, all now pointing the finger at the legitimacy of the Hunter Biden laptop and uh, the fact that what has happened is uh, highly questionable. Now, there's one uh, CNN analyst that came back and said, or or maybe it was MSNBC, I can't remember. One One of the libs came back and said, well, this has nothing to do with Joe. So now they're turning on Hunter, but they're still semi trying to protect Joe. But uh, why are they doing this? It could be as simple as they know he's guilty, they know he's going down, and they don't want to be totally embarrassed. And their thinking is, well, if we go ahead and speak what we know is the truth now, then we won't look like total horse horses' rear ends. Uh, quote, of course, the president—this is, again, uh, Ron Klain, the chief of cha- staff. <laughs> the chief of staff. What's the words uh, that describes when you get the uh, first letters of two words mixed up all the time? Uh, I ought to memorize that word. That's <laughs> more than tongue-tied. Uh, of course, the president's confident— that his son didn't break the law, Klain said. But most importantly, as I said, that's a matter that's going to be decided by the Justice Department, by the legal process. It's something that no one at the White House has involvement in. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) 
Biden also has called his son Bunter. <laughs> I'm doing it again. Biden has also called his son Hunter the smartest guy I know, so he clearly doesn't have a good read on his crack-smoking, prostituting son. But he's the smartest guy I know. Stephanopoulos, to his credit, noted a recent Washington Post report about Hunter's shady business relationship with a Chinese energy company. Is the president confident his family didn't cross any ethical lines? (laughs) Quote, George, the president is confident that his family did the right thing. Yeah, what's the right thing for Biden? They, They made lots of money. But again, I want to just be really clear. These are actions by Hunter and his brother. They're private matters, Klein said. you got to be kidding me. These are private matters. They don't involve the president, and they certainly aren't something that no one at the White House is involved in. I wonder who Ron Klain thinks the big guy is. Um, Let's take a walk down memory lane, shall we? Remember back to the Trump-Biden debate moderated by Chris Wallace? When you hear what Joe Biden said, it, it is amazing. Again, today is National Tell-A-Lie Day, so it's really appropriate that we play this clip for you. It's amazing how glibly and with such force Joe Biden lies. Under this president, we become weaker, sicker, poor, more divided and more violent. When I was vice president, we inherited a recession. I was asked to fix it. I did. We left him a booming economy, and he caused the recession. With regard to being weaker, the fact is that I've gone head-to-head with Putin and made it clear to him we're not going to take any of his stuff. He's Putin's puppy. He still refuses to even say anything to Putin about the bounty on the heads of American soldiers. Your son got and three no, no, million no. dollars. Mr. And Mr. by the way, Mr. President, my son. Mr. Wait a minute. Mr. President, your campaign agreed to both sides would get two-minute answers uninterrupted. Well, your, your side agreed to it. And why don't you observe what your campaign agreed to as a ground rule? Okay, sir? He never keeps his word. Because, Can you add no, back, no, 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 I'm not asking. I, that was a rhetorical question. Missile. Can you Go add ahead, back sir. 30 seconds? Yeah, because, yes, okay. you may have. All right. Go ahead. So, thirdly, we're poor. The billionaires have gotten much, much more wealthy by a tune of over four, three to $400 billion more just since COVID. You in the home, you got less. You're in more trouble than you were before. In terms of being more violent, when we were in office, there were 15% less violence in America than there is today. He's president of the United States. It's on his watch. And with regard to more divided, the nation can't stay divided. We can't be this way. And speaking of my son, the way you talk about the military, the way you talk about them being losers and being and, 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 and just being suckers. My son was in Iraq. He spent a year there. He got the, he got the Bronze Star. He got the Conspicuous Service Medal. He was not a loser. He was a patriot, and the people left behind okay. there were heroes. Really? And I resent Are you talking like about hell. Hunter? Are you talking about I'm Hunter? I'm talking about my son, Bo Biden. You're talking I don't about know. I don't know, Bo. I know Hunter. Yeah, Hunter, you know got Bo. Thrown, Hunter got thrown out of the military. He was thrown out, dishonorably discharged. That's not true. For he wasn't dishonorably. cocaine use. 
And he didn't have a job until you became vice president. Once you None became of vice president, he made a fortune in Ukraine, in China, in Moscow, that is simply and various not other places. True. He my made son, a fortune. Gentlemen, my son. And he didn't have a job. My son, like a lot of people, like a lot of people we know at home, had a drug problem. He's overtaken it. He's, he's, he's fixed it. He's worked on it. And I'm proud of him. But why was he given tens of millions of dollars? But he wasn't given tens of millions of dollars. That is totally discredited. Yeah, he's totally fixed his drug problem. <laughs> he's got plenty of money to pay for his drugs now. He's totally fixed it. Chris Wallace is, uh, by the way, as a side note, Chris Wallace is a partisan hack naive ass just editorial comment there for you um and by the way joe biden the progressives were out burning down cities in democrat controlled areas cities primarily midwest northeast or northwest burning them down and These are the progressives. These were the Antifa. These were Black Lives Matter. And he says, oh, they're doing this under your watch. Therefore, we can blame this violence on you. But the the ability to lie, the ability to just out and out lie without, not not even, without even being blinking. Unbelievable. Hey, we got to take another timeout. Stay with us. More news and views coming up. This is your Drive at 5, an ENC with Tom Lamprecht. Welcome back to News and Views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Interesting, uh, Elon Musk, who is a billionaire, um, he was a little ticked at Twitter. I I really don't know that much about his politics, but as of late, he is uh, really fed up with uh, progressivism with liberals, with their hypocritical stance on just about everything. He has now decided, I mean, he thought about starting his own version of Twitter. Instead, he decided to uh, buy into Twitter. He is now the largest shareholder of Twitter. He has almost a 10% stake in Twitter. Biggest shareholder. So uh, we'll see. If Twitter begins to uh, ch- now, granted, there is a total of about ninety percent of Twitter owned by others, but he is the single largest shareholder. Will he be able to get Twitter back to where it needs to be? You know, j- just as a business model. I mean, I, re- I realize that you know these wackos over in uh, Silicon Valley have so much money they don't really give a hoot about the success of their company at this point they just want to control whatever they can control but as a as a business model i would think boy 
making Twitter what it was originally intended to be, that's where they need to get back to. 561-8255, our old buddy Sutton is on the line. How are you, Sutton? I'm doing fine, my man. How are you doing? Uh, we're hanging in there. Every day is a new challenge with this guy in the White House. You got that right. I listened to you a while ago when you uh, was talking about the guy talking about their Justice Department. We're going uh, to take yeah, care Ron of the system. Right. Yeah. And you know what? You said the exact thing I said about the same time. Yeah, right. <laughs> you said it about the same. We said about the same time. But let me tell you something. Tomorrow they're gonna have the they're gonna have the chief. They're gonna have their chief in the White House tomorrow. The chief crook, and that's Obama. He's oh, gonna yeah. be there tomorrow. <laughs> he's gonna be there tomorrow. Oh my yeah. goodness! They're gonna have a time in there. Yeah, he's uh, Biden is probably uh, I don't know. I, I, he, every listen, every move he makes now. That is being made to try to shore up their terrible poll numbers. And I, in all honesty, I think the only reason he would have Obama in is one of two things. Either Obama has said, hey, I'm coming, and he and Biden said, okay. But I, more likely, I think uh, they're having uh, Obama come in because they said, boy, we, we need to shore up the black vote. Mm-hmm. And if we can be bring Obama in, maybe that will help. Maybe that will, you know, they'll they'll look at our administration yeah. as Obama 2.0. Uh, yeah. I don't think it's going to work. I mean, and again, it's not more work, bro. Poll, poll after poll indicates that Hispanic and Black votes are coming over to uh, re- the Republican side, the conservative side. They re- they really is, my man, my sister. I got my sister. She was so dug into Democrat. She was so dug into voting for Democrat, and I've been talking to her. I talked to her. Ain't no way in the world she wasn't going to vote Republican. My God, she was talking to my wife the other day, and she said that Democrat just messed up, bothered her, messed up everything. I'll never vote Democrat again. I said, whoa. <laughs> Congratulations, son. <laughs> wow. Keep up it. I said, I, I, I mean, she died die hard. I be telling you, know, baby, I be saying like, baby, look, look at the different issues. Look at the platform. Look what we got now. Look what we had. Boy, and, and she just didn't want to hear. But she was talking to my wife on the phone, man. And I got, I was listening, talking on the phone with the uh, speakerphone on. And I said, I can't believe it. She said, yeah, but I done messed up everything. And I'll never vote Democrat again. I ain't wow. vote Democrat no more. This, that, that, that. He need to be out. I, she said, Trump. We need to get Trump back in there. So I said, oh. <laughs> so the thing is, they the most forget amazing it, the guy. Only thing they, the best shot they got right now is to try to do like they did with the election. Steal it. Oh, oh, and yeah. Cheating and everything. And I hope, I pray and tell our good Lord that they don't be able to do that this time. Pray hard but, now. The people I talked to, we had a, a guest on on Friday, and you know there there are still some issues that are are, are questionable that haven't been totally shored up. But um, I, I if if we lose, it's not going to be because we didn't get the votes. It's because they cheated. And as well, as as why yeah. yeah oh oh that's what I'm saying yeah, yeah. well in this November but yeah the last presidential election and uh, yeah I I'm sorry. You cannot convince well, me there wasn't uh, cheating going on, and you can't convince me this is that legitimate. That didn't get more votes than anybody ever got. He didn't get more votes than Hillary Clinton and Obama. They well, listen. They're joking there now, and they don't even want to talk to the people. We, the people can't even talk to them. The reporter can't even ask them questions. Three, three major issues 
one, the bellwether counties that you have to win in order to win the presidency, Trump got. He won those. Mm-hmm. Two, mm-hmm. Trump, it would, he is the first president that has ever received more votes in his reelection than he got in his first election, and yet they still say he lost. Third, mm-hmm. Trump increased the number of members of the House, same party, Republicans increased their, by a significant margin, increased House mm-hmm. election victories, and yet they still say Trump lost. They say there's no evidence. That's that's evidence right there. That's pretty strong evidence that Donald Trump won. Now, I would say this before I let you go. Um, you know, personal with Mike Pence, personal with Mike Pence, I don't have a personal thing with him, but I say this here. Mike Pence could have held up that certification. He been in the White House, him knowing, him knowing, him having access to everything, cheating and everything that he's seen, everything that he's seen. He could have at least held that, held that uh, certification up to some form of investigation. Now, that's the only thing about Mike Pence that I feel, that I feel like felt the people. And I know there was a lot of pressure on him. I know probably family threatening and everything, and, and you know one looks looks at these type things when it comes down to getting family and you know safety of your family. But this thing here, he certified that stuff, and he had to know if they know in the White House, he had to know that there was some stuff in there that won't right. But anyway, yeah, I you know my, my I like Mike Pence; he's a good man. I but I, I tell you the truth, we need a fighter. And I don't think Mike – I think Mike Pence might be eyeing the White House in in the next presidential election. But we need a fighter. uh, Mike's a nice guy. But, I mean, we we say over and over again, we need to play hardball as hard as the Democrats play hardball. And we get a guy in there that's willing to play hardball. And instead of backing him, as soon as the media starts complaining and middle of the roaders saying, well, I don't like the tweets – people people melt and they just say you know like they collapse like a house of cards if you want a fighter if you want somebody that's going to go toe to toe with the democrats then you better you better pick somebody that you know can do it and i don't think mike pence is the guy that can do it i think donald trump has proven he can so donald trump if not donald trump the guy down florida Oh, uh, DeSantis, 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 Ron DeSantis, yeah. yeah. Hey, listen, we got to go, uh, but Sutton, you keep up the good work. You keep going out there and evangelizing and you bring in people like your sister. Great job, buddy. Stay with us. More news and views coming up. thing you should do after work I turn on the radio check in with tom and benny gotta know what's happening in my city what's going on in my backyard things that are happening locally i like the local news things that i don't hear everywhere else for the local news you want kept me informed for all of the local stuff you know let me know what was going on in the local community eastern carolina's news source is news and views on talk 96.3 and 103.7 so Kamala Harris, she is now up to number 11. What am I talking about? The 11th. (laughs) Yeah, it's funny. 
Apparently, nobody can stand your laugh. <laughs> She's had 11. Now, these are not lower down the you know secretary type of people that are resigning. 11 major staffers have quit Kamala Harris's staff. <laughs> the latest is Michael uh, Fuchs, who is um, her deputy chief of staff. He is uh, put in his resignation. He's out of here as of uh, early May. You know, if this is a corporate setting, and they would have lost that many high-level management people because of one individual, what do you think would happen? After a while, they would say, uh, maybe it's time for that one individual to go. Now, granted, uh, she ain't going anywhere unless she resigns, but uh, I don't see that happening. I'm well, speaking. Yeah. Frankly, she doesn't have uh, the ability to get another job anywhere. How in the world? Well, we know how she got where she got. <laughs> uh, sorry, but um, go go look it up and you find that. Um, oh, my. Yeah, she was on her back. That's how she got to where. Well, I'm isn't sorry. that special? Uh, who, who was the uh, L.A. Um, the L.A. mayor? Uh, who uh, basically came out and said, yeah, that's that's how she got to where she she is. Uh, there's a great column in PJ Media by a guy named Chris Queen. Hillary Clinton doesn't understand why the people don't appreciate everything the Democrats are doing for them. Bless Hillary's heart. If anybody demonstrates a complete lack of self-awareness, it's the least favorite grandmother, Hillary Clinton. And it's clear that she does not have the ability to tell which way the wind is blowing, and that extends to her entire political party. She was on Meet the Press over the weekend, and she told Chuck Todd that she doesn't understand why more Americans aren't excited about what the Democrats have done. I'm not sure what the disconnect is between the accomplishments of this administration and this Congress and the understanding of what's been done and impact it will have on the American public and some of the polling and the hand-wringing with a real clear politics average as of this writing that 54% of voters disapprove of Joe Biden's job as president. And again, we had an earlier polling earlier in the program. Uh, that number is actually up to 60% on one particular poll. That's an average. 54% is all the polling average. Todd asked her, a lot of speculation is that this trouble for Biden politically started with a withdrawal in Afghanistan. Do you buy that? I don't think it helped, Clinton replied, but I think that the performance with respect to Ukraine has been excellent, really, has it? Um, while it's true that the disaster was the Ukraine uh, or the Afghanistan withdrawal was the catalyst for the slide of Biden's approval, those numbers were already on the downward slide before the Americans were left in Afghanistan. Quote, this is back to Hillary again, quote, there is a lot of good accomplishments being put up on the board and the Democrats in office and out need to do a better job of making the case and frankly standing up to the other side with their craziness. Listen, you've got all the mainstream media, Hillary. The truth of the matter is your communication is just fine. It's what you were communicating. It is the truth is getting out and nobody likes it. That's the problem. Wouldn't you like to ask Hillary this? Which accomplishments would we peons appreciate the most? Should we give Biden credit for price of gas or the fact that we should just go out and buy an electric vehicle as a solution? Or how about the inflation? 
How about uh, how inflation hurts the poor more than it hurts anybody else, and yet you continue to say, continue to say that you're uh, you are there for the poor. And and over the weekend, the visualization of transgenders, you want to have the federal government come in and pay for children and encourage children to have transgender surgery. And you wonder why, Hillary, you wonder why it's because your policies stink and the American people know they stink. And you're selling this country down the road. All you got to do is go look at the southern border. Sorry to end on a sour note. We'll see you tomorrow at 5. Bye-bye, everybody.